You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 810 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Tuesday evening into Wednesday morning, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off on your next order. Today's pod will feature part two with Tyler Jones, good friend of the program, and a fun conversation, as always, with Tyler. If you missed anything from part one, it went up yesterday, so go back and catch up on that one, as well as a two-parter with Jackson Frank over the weekend on Friday and on Monday about the NBA draft. Plenty of content in the feed. Go ahead and subscribe, tell a friend, etc., etc. There is one bit of news before I turn it over to Tyler, uh, and it came from Adrian Wojnarowski. On Tuesday, Woj reported that the NBA and the MBPA are agreeing to push back the deadline on CBA modifications until October 15th, which allows for labor peace through the end of the NBA Finals. It also gives more time to make decisions about next season in terms of projections for revenue and the state of the pandemic, etc., etc. Michelle Roberts, the head of the Player Association on the uh, labor negotiating side, along with Chris Paul, of course, said it was an easy call, quote-unquote, to go ahead and do this. And she seems optimistic that the CBA won't be torn up entirely, which is a sort of nuclear option everyone's been referring to. Obviously, it's probably better if that doesn't happen, but alas... Um, there's all kinds of negotiations happening, but the window has been pushed back, so nothing has to happen officially until October 15th, and they can actually go back further from there if they wanted to. Uh, Woj did double down on saying that the NBA is moving toward a delay of the draft and free agency, as we talked about earlier on the podcast over the last week or so, and he again cites the potential of the pushback of the start of next season as well beyond December 1st, and the salary cap uncertainty uh, is going to be driving a lot of this. He also referred to a, quote, consensus hope, end quote, for a start of next season in late December or January, while acknowledging that the range is still as far back as March, potentially. So obviously a lot of uncertainty along the way here, but that was the latest from Woj that I wanted to pass along to you at the top of today's podcast. Nothing's going to be changing so far in terms of what we already talked about on the pod, and we'll have much more once they already set a secondary draft or free agency date. But everyone that I have talked to in the last few days seems to be assuming now, essentially, that the draft will not be happening on time, even if it's currently still scheduled in that slot. It's probably moving back, and we'll, of course, keep everybody up to date as that all happens. Okay, before we get to Tyler, and again, one more time, tell everybody to subscribe to the podcast, a word from the good folks at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. I've told you in the past how much I really love the original Built Bar flavors, but now there are 18, yes, 18 amazing flavors to choose from, including six brand new ones like the caramel brownie flavor, lemon almond cheesecake, and a personal favorite of mine in cookies and cream. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate, and importantly, they are all very, very soft and easy to chew. From there, it's crucial to note that Built Bars are fantastic for those of us that are trying to be health conscious. You can maintain or even lose weight while still enjoying a delicious treat with Built Bar. And Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, with Built Bar even great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On. When you do that, you'll get $10 off on your next order with Built Bar. One more time, that is BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order. Check it out at BuiltBar.com. And without further delay, here is my conversation with Tyler Jones talking about the NBA draft, 
lottery takeaways, et cetera, et cetera. And it's always fun to talk to Tyler. So here you go with that. Tyler, we are back for part two. And I'm going to call this one the lottery episode because the real reaction is uh, what I wanted to see what you thought about the lottery. Because obviously the Hawks land land at six. Uh, The board is wide open for Atlanta with the exception of Edwards and Ball, I think, are the only guys that I think are not going to be possible for Atlanta. And I saw a tweet that you sent after the lottery, and it basically amounted to, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you will, you'll you'll be happy with pretty much anyone at number six. Now, I'm going to test you on that because you have opinions usually, but is that true? Is that really how you're feeling right now, that it's kind of like you're okay with whatever? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of – there should be somebody of real quality there at six that the Hawks would want to take. You know, this is basically me coming off coming off my general – you know, feelings of this draft where I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of happy the Hawks aren't forced into, to me, I'm like that Anthony Edwards interview he gave (laughs) on national television would scare the bleep out of me. If I were, if I were running a team and you talking about the short one on ESPN during the lottery or a different one. Yes. No, the short one on ESPN he did during the lottery on national television. The first time people around the world are hearing his voice. And he comes out and says possibly the worst paragraph of words <laughs> a guy who was interviewing for a job could ever say. Like, this is for all the young people who are trying to enter the workforce right now. What Anthony Edwards did right there, while he was honest, that's not how you get a job. Like, that's that's a that's a sign of immaturity. And you know, it it's kind of understandable. Like, everybody's kind of quarantined. And I'm not sure how much coaching that his agent can give him, you know, on on a Zoom call, right? So it's so, but like you can't say that, like you know what I'm saying? You can't be out here like, yeah, it, it taught me how to deal with play, having bad games because I had a lot of bad games. You had a lot of bad games, bro, playing SEC basketball. It's not, <laughs> yeah, come on, dog. Like I was like, what? Well, honestly, in my head, I, I had to knock him down a tier. I was like, whoa, he, he's not in the LaMelo Ball tier anymore. <laughs> I I was like, if the Hawks would have got the number one pick, I'm like, take LaMelo and, you know, just go with whatever, but don't. And, and go with God on LaMelo. No, it, it, it was yeah. bad. I agree with you. I'm not sure it's changed my entire evaluation of him, but it, did, it didn't make me feel any better. That's for sure. Oh, about Anthony Edwards. Uh, but I mean, we can, we can uh, and I, I plan to have you again before the draft and we'll talk about the top and maybe we'll get some more intel by then to figure out what's going to actually happen and talk about I think, but let, let's, let's, let's uh, pin down on the intel thing. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of people just assuming X is going to be taken. Uh, like, yes. even, even you were like, you know, LaMelo and Edwards probably not going to be there. And, you know, other guys like, Oh, Coro and Avia are going to be there. No, at six. I, I, I've kept I, mine I'm on like, purpose and, late. I've, I've kept mine purposely small because, okay, honestly, the only the only guy that it would genuinely shock me if he got to Atlanta is Edwards. Ball is a close second, but you can see a world in which Lamelo tumbles a little bit because of the teams and the way they lay out. But I mean, Edwards is, gonna, is not going to get to six. I'm, I would bet on that. Uh, that's the only one for me, but I'm with Man, you. I think, I think Edwards, there's been, if Edwards talks to every other owner, the same way he that's talks fair. To, to the world, it's, 
It's a fair point. I'm just saying the only, honestly, I mean, going off of, I I don't have the same sources as like Jonathan Gavoni or Sam Vecini or whatever, but going off of what I have heard from smart people around the league, the only guy the entire time that I've basically heard is in every single team slash pundit, everyone's top five is Anthony Edwards. Purely off of his talent too. Pretty much. Straight. And, and, and it's also it's also a, it's also a wing driven league and all that stuff and phys- his physical profile all this stuff. I'm not in love with Anthony Edwards. I never have been. I've said that a million times on the podcast. But I think he's the one guy where it will genuinely shock me if he drops. And I, and I think I'm pretty confident Melo will be gone too. Um, just because honestly, for Melo, it's that I think a team like the Knicks will trade up for Melo if they need to. If, if Melo starts to fall, someone's going to go up and get Melo. I think. So I, I I'm agreeing with you with, with honestly I'm I'm just you know, no it's good because it's actually it's actually a good guys. it's actually a good point because my I said this the other day after right after the draft right after the lottery but there's so many assumptions made by people that have no intel right now about how this is gonna go like people have just decided how the top five is gonna go and you just you just don't know I mean I, I don't know either and I I have more intel than people listening to the podcast do about this stuff but I don't know I mean. I just told you what I think I know is those two guys will be gone. And if you had to make me bet that Wiseman was gone, I would say he probably is as well. Uh, but regardless, there's not a lot of certainty. And that means I wrote up a list of 13 players for the Hawks at number six overall. Now, granted, that, that list is bigger than I would make my personal list. And also Travis Schlenk said on the radio, I think it was Friday morning, that he, his list is about seven which is about what my list would be as well. And, but, I have a, I, and I think we both have a general idea who those seven are. Like, I, I think so, too, and, and I'm about to ask you about that. But I just think it's it's important to keep this as general as it, it can be because that's honestly how I feel about this draft. This, this draft is so flat. The opinions are so much all over the place that getting really bogged down into like one or two guys right now, two months beforehand, or maybe even more than two months beforehand, is not a smart thing to do. Even if you have your own, I mean, if you have your own opinions about who you want, I totally get that. I'm just saying from an actual practical standpoint of what is going to happen, not what you think will happen, but what you, what's going to happen. We don't know what Charlotte's going to do. We don't know what Cleveland's going to do. We don't know what Chicago's going to do. Honestly, we don't know what the Timberwolves are going to do. I, that, was, that, was, that was my my, my my next statement was that because there's this assumption now that they're going to take Edwards, and I don't I don't assume that. I really don't. I, I, I don't like Edwards or Ball, and I'm like, didn't they just move heaven and earth to to sign D'Angelo Russell? And actually, I actually had a larger rant in regard to both the Timberwolves and the Sixers Uh-oh. just bending over backwards to placate their big man superstars. And I think that's a sign of where the Hawks need to. Not to do in regards to Trey Young, like Trey Young, yes, he wants to win, but they can't let Trey Young have input on how to build this roster around him. <laughs> like, that's not like he's he, his job is not scout, and uh, you know he's not an analytics guy. He's not an analyst. He's a basketball player, and like Trey Young can have opinions, and it's it's smart to hear them on what he wants. Well, like the idea that hey, we got to go trade for Donovan Mitchell because they're bo- they're bros or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 no. You you go build the best team you possibly can as a GM, regardless of what your superstar thinks. Like the Wolves bending. I mean, D'Angelo. So, so and this is this is the issue the Wolves have right now. They have D'Angelo Russell on on their roster. He does not like. There there is no 
you cannot claim to say he will fit with either Edwards or Ball. Like, you just can't claim that. <laughs> you, like, it, you cannot. DeAndre Russell is somebody who needs the ball in his hands at all times. You can't pair him with another guy who needs the ball in his hands at all times. I'm, I'm like, how, how is that going to work when, you know, Russell is the better shooter than both of those guys, like, at least right now? And, and so I was like, to me, I'm like, we're all just assuming, you know, these guys are going to go one, two, or that Wiseman's going to go. I'm like, man, this we don't know. Like, workouts haven't really started, uh, you know, individual workouts. Like, I'm pretty sure these teams are going to find a way to get these top prospects working out in some facility in some fashion. Yeah. Get real measurements, get real medicals. Like, we have no intel right now. It's all pure. Like, a, a lot of this, a lot of the talk right now is pure speculation based on, you know, third hand what we've heard, who guys like, and that, and it makes sense for the Hawks to be like, yeah, we got seven guys we like, and if one of those seven are there, we'll pick them. Well, yeah, well, yeah, because that's we the, the, that's this whole thing right now is that there is a little bit of intel, like, you know, you you will find some people around the league that kind of have an idea of of who teams like, but it gets overboard with like being convicted by that right now, like. I know a couple guys that I'm pretty sure the Hawks at least have some level of interest in, but I couldn't tell you with any level of certainty what their board looks like right now. Like knowing who, knowing a couple guys that that a team likes is not is not the same as knowing who they're going to pick, especially two months out uh, and before the. I mean, there there've been a lot of interviews. That's the one underrated thing actually about this process is that the teams are doing more interviews than they've ever done because they can they can talk to guys one after the other, all day, every day, basically, right now, if they want to. Now, most of that's not done with, with the top, top guys, but they do have a lot of intel in terms of just the interview process. But everything else, like you said, the measurements, the in-person workouts, and honestly, you know, Travis even said this on Thursday, there's a lot less tape on some of these guys than they're used to having. With no NCAA tournament and a bunch of guys who went overseas, a couple guys that got hurt, uh, Wiseman has no tape basically besides besides AAU and like a handful of college minutes. There's a lot of there's a lot less tape than usual. Yeah, but people have scouted Wiseman. Yes, he's been on the he's been well, yeah, on the, the, the top he's top guys. Well, right, the top. Ball, the top. Yeah, yeah, the ball. We we've got nothing on. We got twelve games. And and Melo's and Melo's pre Melo's pre this season sample is like it's not useless but he's I mean, never be, he's never played he's never played on a on a team that played defense for instance before this season I mean, like it, ever it's LaMelo's tape beforehand had him rated what the 35th prospect before what? this before the season started like well right and the fact was, that like if you if you watched I mean and I've I've had the pleasure/displeasure of watching some of this tape him playing at Spire or him playing in Lithuania when it was just like a, it was the ball show and it was completely ridiculous and no one was playing defense and he's shooting 40 footers and yeah it shows his talent you could see his talent on those tapes but it's not bas- it's not basketball in the way that you need to evaluate him as a basketball player this year is this year was closer obviously in the NBA the NBA's I mean the NBA's a real league and he's playing real against real players that was useful but it was 12 games everything before games. that is like just flashes of his it's basically like an extended youtube clip of everything before that. Like, and at Cheeto Hills, which was a real, they were playing real competition. He was a freshman when they were really good with, with, with Lonzo running around like that, that team played a real schedule, but he, but Melo was a freshman on that team. He was a so, freshman. He was like five eleven or something like, he yeah, he really... was not the guy he is now. He was a, he was a fun 
15 year old and now he's a grown up that plays at a high level. So yeah, I mean the whole thing is to put it all simply, don't assume much of anything with regard to the order and who the Hawks do or do not like. I know Sam said Okoro on my podcast. I think the Hawks do like Okoro. I think the Hawks like a couple other guys. If you just do the deductive reasoning of what the Hawks usually like, you can make some pretty good assumptions in your head of players the Hawks might like. But there's a reason. I, there's a reason at the end of the day that I that I chose to write 13 players down in my immediate reaction, and it's because I wanted to cast a wide net on purpose because there's so much uncertainty. Yeah, and so it like that, and that's why I'm. I, but at the same time, you know, now that the Hawks are drafted six, and you know, I've watched, frankly, way too much of these guys play. There's a lot of guys to like particularly for this Hawks team, because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's, I think this second tier, which doesn't include LaMelo Ball, has a lot of players in it. And like, yeah, if the Hawks can come away with somebody who they think, like Schlank repeatedly say they're not looking for fit, best fit available, best, whatever, they, they want best player available. And you kind of saw that with one of the first, you know, mock drafts. You know, they had a they had the Hawks taking a Congo at six, and that that's that's what got me to tweet. We're like, you know what? If if the Hawks come up six and they pass on a Coral Vassell Halliburton for a Congo, I'd be happy with it. Even though a Congo doesn't feel like an immediate, like theoretically, the Hawks are strong in the front court. And kind of weak everywhere else. He doesn't really fit, you know, the team. But if you have him as the best player available and you take him as some insider mock drafts have the Hawks doing, like, I've got no problem with it. And that and that that's that led to my tweet being like, Yeah, you know, him, you know, you see the Halliburton and like Halliburton makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, on on the analytical side, like Halliburton and uh, Kongu and a Congo rate pretty highly. Uh, so does Vassell just based on all their race statistics they did during the season. Like I'd be fine with Halliburton, even his funky jump shot, you know, it goes in. <laughs> yeah, no, it's he's, there's a lot of strengths and I'm closer to where you are in terms of like the, you know, almost regardless of who they take, I'll be able to defend it. Honestly. And that's something that I think I've said before. I'll say it again. Now, Unless there's unless there's a real curveball that I'm just not seeing, all of the guys that we are talking about a lot, there is a defense for taking all of them. Whether it be a Kongwu, even Wiseman, who I'm not the hugest fan of, but at six with his talent and physicality, I would be able to defend it. Uh, Denny, Okoro, Vassell, Halliburton, even Toppin, who I'm like not. I mean, for the Hawks, I don't think it's a great idea. But if you just think best player available at six is not a ridiculous like reach or anything like that. There's there's a lot of different guys who, yeah, I'm going to have my own preferences by the end of this, but there's not a disaster scenario in my mind. Like In certain other drafts that I've covered, I could have told you the guys that I definitively would not want in a spot the Hawks were in, and I, and I've, and I shared those. Th- this time around, like again, I'm going to have an order, but as long as it's one of those seven or eight guys that I've been discussing as in this range, it's not like... I can see it and I can make sense of it, at least in my mind, because at the end of the day, there are maybe two tiers that include these guys. It might even be one tier, like you said. Like, there's a school of thought that maybe everyone outside the top 
one or two is in a tier for like 10 or 12 guys. That's how people are doing this in their tier systems. I have mine a little bit more broken up than that right now, but it's honestly, they're pretty, all pretty close. They all do different things. Even the guys who play the same position, like Okoro and Vassell are different players. Denny of Dia is different. Like he's kind of his own guy in this class as it's like combo forward. Obi is definitely his own kind of guy compared to the other guys in this class. A Kongwin Wiseman play the same position, but they're extremely different players at doing that. Halliburton is like a pretty interesting, different cat. Killian Hayes too is like more of a lead guard. I don't know. There's they're all just so different that it's kind of eye of the eye of the beholder. And there there there, there will still be some ridiculous sentiments out there like getting too high or too low or whatever and trying to overrate guys and not watching a lot of tape that's just kind of the fun of this whole thing but at the end of the whole process these seven or eight guys are pretty close that's kind of my overarching theme which is why i'm I'm not a fan of trading up in this class it never was and you know trading down all that stuff is like should be on the table because if you could if you get a guy who's similar at 10 or 11 then you, then you can at six. Like, that's usually a pretty good idea. I don't know. It's it's just tough. It's so early. And without intel, it's kind of this big shrug emoji, which isn't fun. I'd rather have just takes to fire two months at, two months in advance. But that I'd, I'd be lying. And I, I like to give people nuance and, like, tell the truth. And my, my opinion genuinely is that a lot of these guys are pretty similar. Yeah, and that's I think that's kind of that's kind of what, you know, stinks. Stinks, not the right term, but, like, kind of is bad about this draft is that you know it's just it's a bunch of like to me it seems like a draft of full of a bunch of good role players and but you know what that's a strength because that's what the hawks need they just need and people recoil need. when you say role player people get really upset because the hawks have a number six overall pick and it's the same, same thing as last year really in a lot of ways is that there is a segment that just they, they hear the words role player associated with the number six pick in the draft and they just recoil but if we're being honest with each other Anyone the Hawks draft this year projects as a role player. They'll all have some upside beyond that. There is a way for most of these guys to be better than the quote-unquote role player. But the Hawks are not looking at number six overall for a star. They're hoping maybe that that a guy pops as one or maybe like a star role player type. But the only like traditional star path guys are the two guys. And there's, that's the reason why Ball and Edwards are discussed in the way they are is because they have the more natural path to stardom. All these other guys, like, yeah, Obi Toppin might have an offensive star path. James Wiseman might, might be might have the path to be a defensive superstar. Those guys, yeah, they have upside. Isaac Okoro, if he figures out to shoot, sure. But, like, the baseline median outcome for all these players is that they're supporting pieces. They just are. That, that's okay, and especially when you acknowledge that this draft is not great. It's just what it is. Like, you don't have to have a star at number six overall. You just don't. Honestly, to me, this draft is way more interesting to see what the Wolves do at the top because I think that's going to filter down what everybody else does. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm For sure. Like, Because, again, I, I feel like the Hawks is just going to come down who's there at six, you know, who's left to take. Um, oh, yeah. The, the decision just, will be will be made for them in a lot of ways by, yeah, espe- by especially what, so like, what those three teams ahead of them do. Yeah, we can, we can have whatever tier we want, but it just kind of feels like you know, our, our preference of guys, but like, to me, they're kind of all in the same, like I have my personal favorites. Like I, I, I like a coral more than, you know, the other guys, but you could sell me, like you could really sell me on Halliburton and be like, Hey, don't have to worry about backup point guard anymore. And he'd be really good. That's the thing. Yeah. 
I think I'm I think I'm like seen as being low on Halliburton right now, which is okay. I'm I'll take that. But even then, like I've always liked Halliburton. I, I'm a little bit un- uncomfortable now with how hot he's gotten because I liked him in that like mid first round range. But I really like Halliburton. He's really smart. He does a lot of things that I love. Like people know that I'm a, that I love role players. Halliburton shoots, passes, plays great off ball defense. Like he's a super like role player dream kind of guy. Like I like Halliburton a lot. <laughs> and there's like... there's safe there's safety in that, right? There's there's kind of there's a level of safety in taking Halliburton. I know that's not that doesn't sound sexy, and that doesn't even sound like best player available. But for the Hawks, his role on the team could be best player available relative to what's available in terms of minutes for the foreseeable future. Um, as compared to Okoro, he's going to have to fight for minutes. The Cell's going to have to fight for minutes. Uh, and even a Kongu, you know, even though, you know, he like those guys are going to have to fight. Halliburton kind of has an easy path to playing time. Hogs desperately need, they need, they need somebody of his skill set. And he kind of he kind of would fit right right in and, and kind of knows how to play already, you know. You're not going to ask him to do. You're not asking him to run the offense, which you're asking him to be an off kind of off ball player, move the basketball, kind of run the second unit. And I, I think he he'd excel at that for you know many years to come. Is is that what you that's want all, out of the sixth pick? That's also what you that, want if you're Halliburton really too. <laughs> that's the other thing about yeah, that's well, yeah. it's like that's the same thing we talked about with Edwards at one point, and we won't do that again now. But if you're Halliburton, that's what you want. I mean, the the problem with a guy like Halliburton is that you could put him in a situation where he's not maximized in Atlanta. That's what you, he's like now in a great situation for him. The problem with Halliburton, honestly, the number one issue with him is he's not a primary creator. Like people refer to him as a point guard and that makes people think that, Oh, he's this creative. He's this number one on ball guy. And that's not what he is like. Yeah. He can handle the ball a little bit. He's a great passer, but he's not a point guard. Like he's not, he, he can play a little bit of point guard, but he's not that he's not, he's not like the yeah. guy that you have, run your system and have be your number one option. Like there's a reason why his comp is Lonzo that everybody uses. Yeah. Like Lonzo's not a point guard and everyone talks about Lonzo's point guard and I, and I get it. But if you watch Lonzo now, he's not a point guard. He can handle the ball a little bit. He's a great passer, but at the end of the day, he's not going to be your number one creator in, a, in an offense. And that's not what you wanted to be. But Lonzo before the bubble, he was terrible in the bubble, but before the bubble was good. Like Lonzo was playing well. That's, that's what you're hey, looking he was for. Good. He was good Hubbard. for the Lakers too. Like that. Yeah. He was he was terrible in the bubble, but I wouldn't worry too much about that. It's fine. But to me, I'm like, you take Halliburton. To me, that signals you believe in Cam Reddish as a creator. Um, Oh yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for sure, it wouldn't hurt. No, but I mean, because you're giving up the chance, theoretically, if Okoro is still there, you're giving up a chance of somebody like Okoro because you believe Cam Reddish can be that guy. Which I'm super high on him. I think. Are you? I'm, just, I'm kidding. Ooh, on camp? <laughs> I'm kidding. You I'm know kidding. that's my boy. I know you. I know you are. Uh, listen, you know and, that's my boy. That's and my, you also speak for Hawks fans. Gonna, Hawks fans are over gonna, the moon. We're, we're not going to talk about it on this podcast because no. you told me before the podcast we're not going to talk about it. But that's why I'll, I'm just waiting on the season to start for my boy to show out and show everybody why you know something happened. No, listen, draft. Hawks, Hawks we'll fans are that. with you. Hawks fans are on your on your side here. I, I will tell you that for sure. I like Cam a lot. It's kind of funny because not now I'm seen as like not being super high on Cam, which is hilarious because I've been high on him the entire time and I think he's really good. Uh I look forward to Cam being even better 
in year two. That's all I'll say. No, but but you know, back to my point, it's yeah, it's a it's a signal that they really believe in Cam Reddish as a as that you know, or you know, even Kevin Herter as that you know, or honestly, both of them, what, like both of them, both of them, yeah, yeah. Or or John or John and or John Collins doing more with the ball. Like there's lots of different ways where the Hawks generally genuinely might believe that they don't need another number two creator. Like I, I'm I've been saying that they could probably use another legitimate number two creator on the perimeter, but they really might believe long term that the combination of Cam and Herder is enough. And I'm not gonna like tell them they're, that they're definitely wrong on that if they believe that. Like, and if you bring in someone like Halliburton, who's like he's a connecting player, that's something like when I had PD up, PD Webb on, and he PD, PD is very very smart. That's the thing that he always says about Halliburton, and that's a great way to put it is that you know he is a connecting player, and that it's not sexy, but he really makes everybody else look good, and that's you need those guys on your team, like they just like accentuate everybody else's strengths. But you're right, if you it's not just Halliburton, like Vassell's kind of the same way. If you draft someone like that, they're not going to probably give you a ton of creation upside. They might be the guy that you like the most, but it also could be seen, like you're saying, as a, as sort of an endorsement of what you already have because of what you're not taking in those players. Like if, you, if, you, if you're drafting Killian Hayes, which is something that I would consider doing, Killian Hayes, his primary value would be the fact that he could be your number, your number two creator long term. You're hoping that's going to be the case. So that's different. Like if you're drafting him, that that's kind of a signal to me in some ways. It's almost the opposite of what you're saying is that, look, we, we, we found that we like Killian Hayes, but also we think we needed this number two creator. And I'm not sure, like, it's not definitely what on either side of what we're saying. It's this pick does not have to be one way or the other, but it could be seen in either direction based on who they actually draft. Yeah. It, you know, you brought up Killian and, and my brain went into, did, has somebody made that boy a promise that they're going to draft him? Because he's gone, he went from top yeah, he, five he, guy, he, shut it, he shut it down. Well, and honestly, the top five thing was not goals. really real, if we're being honest. And this is one of those situations where the internet, which I'm a part of to some degree, I write about the draft at other places, including Dime, etc. The internet was always higher on Killian Hayes. If you, if you just pay attention to the intel guys like your ESPN, your athletic, those guys are using Intel all season long on how they do their, their big boards. There's some opinion in there as well, but they're always using some Intel around the league. And Hayes was notably lower on both of those boards pretty much all year long when compared to like where people like I had him and Ben Pfeiffer and Jackson, who we had on the other day, etc. We've all been a little bit higher on him than the consensus around the league. And now people are starting to notice that because Killian just never, he never kept rising. He kind of just stayed in that mid-late lottery range. Like, I think Killian getting to Boston, like, that's one of the projections that I saw. I think it was ESPN's. Boston getting Killian Hayes at 14 is, like, hilarious because Killian Hayes is really good and, like, he should not fall that far. But it might happen. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just compare that to what's happened with Denny where he's now a, a yeah, he's guaranteed rising. top five pick, which it does you know, seem certainly way. fascinating. We should we shouldn't like say guarantee, Tyler. Bring it all back. Uh, we, we shouldn't say guarantee top five because that way. I mean, that, I, I know, but like it, it feels that it's way. It's certainly fascinating how how he's risen, and I'm not sure he can do anything to half court. But like, no. I like and I like Denny. Like I like Denny, but you know that's it's just it's just interesting how how you know draft Twitter works. Like where we just all assume X. Is going here when there's there's no 
Like, there hasn't been any consensus at all during this draft. We just, like, it sucks to be shooting so blind. It, it'd be nice if we got to see some type of combine work, just some type of measurements. Like, somebody somebody who always rises is guys like Patrick Williams, um, the kid from Florida. The other, State. Uh, yep. first yep, the other Florida State. Florida State. Yep. Um, you know, it's going to come out. He's 6'8 without shoes and has, like, a 7'3 plus wingspan. He's probably going to go in the top 10. So like we and it does but feel we don't that way. know that. Yeah. We don't know that because uh, because you know we we just don't have anything. We're just all speculating, but it it's a we we got to make assumptions where we can. So like to me and like Patrick Williams is one of those guys where if the Hawks take him at 6, I'm like, "Oh, the Hawks are trying to trying to get take a flyer on somebody who they think could be really special here. Like they're trying to they're trying to get the best talent available." Right. Or you know that that pick would suggest that instead of best player available. Oh yeah, because he yeah t- Patrick Williams is like a pretty good example of someone who is not. Uh, let's just, he's very he's raw compared to the other guys available in this in, in that group. Patrick Williams is really talented, especially physically talented, and has some really interesting stuff to his game. But he was like a bench guy for a lot of the year for State. Like he is certainly um, not as I hate the word safe. He's not as like easy to project as some of the other guys, but also he has physical traits that you just mentioned that other guys don't have. So I don't know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like whenever the draft happens, like to me, I'm like the Hawks are almost guaranteed to get somebody who can help. Like to me, who can help in the sense that they're going to get a plus talented player in the lottery who, you know, is going to be in a defined role. Like, for the Hawks, like, a lot of these prospects probably wouldn't want to go to the Hawks because they, they're not going to be asked to be the number one guy or even the number two guy, right? Like, oh, no. They, yeah. They're just going to be, they're going to be in a role, a defined role with X amount of minutes <laughs> available to them. Oh. And they can just play their best basketball. A lot of the guys, I mean, we said it, we said it before with Halliburton, but a lot of the guys that we're, that we're talking about should be hoping beyond hope that they go to Atlanta. Like, Halliburton's a great example of that. I think Vassell is a great example of that. I think Acora might even be a good example of that, depending on how they were to use him. But, you know, there's definitely some players that are, like, pure role guys that need to be in the right situation. And Atlanta, compared to the other teams around them, the pieces just fit a lot better in Atlanta than, than they do in, like, Cleveland right now, for instance. If Cleveland has a higher pick. But if I was Denny of Dia and my choices, other than the one draft slot, and my choices were Cleveland and Atlanta, you better believe I want to go to Atlanta. And I'm I'm not a, I'm not like the Homer or guy Chicago, that's going to tell you. I mean, and and people I, notice I, they're listening to this podcast, but I'm not like bang your chest about Hawks guy. But if you're any of these guys, the Hawks are a better situation for your game, especially if you're not a star in the future. And like Denny and Vassell and Halliburton, especially, like are guys that like just connect. The, like, connect the dots and like check all the boxes. Those players being next to Trey Young and John Collins makes those guys look better. That's just what that is. Yeah, and you know, I will even add Chicago because Chicago so. Yeah, I mean Chicago. I I, I feel better about Chicago it's now for a prospect with, with without Jim Boylan. I feel better about them um, than I did than I would have before. Like now they have a new GM and a new head coach. They they do have some talent on that roster. It's not incredible. But it's a little bit better than some of the other teams around. I just, yeah, I mean, I think Cleveland is much worse off in terms of the present day 
than Chicago because if Cleveland's all their assets are small well, guards and KPJ. Cleveland's trying to win now. Which is crazy because they can't. Didn't you know they, they're they're trying to make the playoffs next year? So no, they're not going to make playoffs. Uh, and you I, sure? I like I like I like Chris Manning, my guy uh, over at Lockdown Cavs. But uh, no, they're not set up to make the playoffs. They're just not. But you know, again, if you're if you're one of those guys, and that's one of some what the Hawks have. Not that they not that the players get to choose get to choose where they go, but there's probably going to be some excitement for whoever the Hawks get on that player side, you know, not every player here's some uh, breaking news for everybody listening to the podcast. Not every player is thrilled with where they go in the draft. Even in the lottery, there are, there are plenty of guys who are not overjoyed to go places that they get drafted. Prime (laughs) example, Jaron Jackson jr. Though he's happier now. Yeah. Now it's going well. They have jaw, et cetera. But uh, yeah, there, there are certainly always, there's always a guy or two and I don't love to bring it up on the podcast. I mean, I hear stuff, there's always a guy or two that do not go where they want to go in the lottery. And uh, sometimes it comes, it becomes public and they try to you know, get away from that place. Um, but there's usually one or two, but I can't imagine that's going to be Atlanta this year for anybody. All these guys would be maybe with the exception of one of the bigs, cause they want to play right away. I guess maybe that would be the case, but even then, like long term play with Trey young. That's what I'm saying. Long term, like year one. Yeah. If you're, if you're Wiseman or Kongwu and year one, you're probably the fourth big. That isn't great, probably in your mind. But long term, if you're still a lottery pick and you get to play with Trey Young, like that probably helps you. So, yeah. I, oh, I but 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 hold on, my bad. Why did I say that? People don't like playing with Trey Young, Brad. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, uh, it's a great, that's a great, a great callback. We got eight prospects last. I mean, DeAndre Hunter like shut down his workout and was trying desperately for the Hawks to take him, and they ultimately did, you know, because he wanted to play with Trey Young, because Trey Young makes his life easier. You know, Hunter didn't play well, but in the role that the Hawks had, DeAndre Hunter, like, he was a good fit for him offensively. He was a lot better than people thought he was going to be right away on that side of the floor. Um, and I, I would imagine there are a multitude of players who are like, I really want to play alongside Trey Young because he's such an offensive hub that he'll make my life a lot easier as a basketball player. So it will, and I think uh, whoever they get will be happy with that. Um, before we get out of here, and we spent a lot of time as always talking in the last uh, two podcast episodes. Uh, any final thoughts? I know we're looking. We we sort of covered the uncertainty of what's going to be happening here. The pick could be up for a trade. The Hawks don't have to make this make make this pick, which we can discuss later when we actually have some more again intel. We don't have it right now because I think everyone's mentioned that the Hawks could trade this pick, and they certainly could. But uh, we don't know much about that, so I don't want to speculate too too much about it. But anything you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Uh, not really. I think I got it all off my chest. Um, wait, wait till like two days from now. You'll 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 yeah. have something new that you want to share. Something in the playoffs happens, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, I don't know, and I just want—I just want some more. I just want some more stuff with the Hawks. Like we got the. Here's my thing: we got the lottery, and now I'm like, now what? Like yeah, I was this, looking what, forward what, to what, what my life, just, just so that we could have it. And now they're talking about delaying the draft till who knows when. Free yeah. agency till who knows when it's it's going to be sucks. very it's going to be very 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 bad for me as someone who has to operate this podcast and a website entirely devoted to the Atlanta Hawks if they delay the draft of free agency again 
because this I had this whole, might not I had this, start till March. That's what or? I mean. The whole I had this whole plan laid out. Like we we've gotten through, hopefully the hardest part of this whole stretch with nothing happening from mid March until the lottery. That was five months of content with just nothing happening. And I was like, all right, man, all I have to do is get to the lottery. And then from there, you got the draft in two months. And then after that, you got free agency. And after that, training camp's like a month and a half away. And we'll, we'll be good. And now, the timeline might be ruined. And that's unfortunate for everyone. Like, fans want to see basketball. I want to talk about basketball. Uh, so, yeah, cross your fingers that maybe, even if they delay it, maybe November or something, don't put it too far away because it's going to just really, really hurt this uh my heart. Let's just say my, my heart as a content producer will be hurt by all of this. I mean, it, I'm trying, y'all. I don't know. Everyone, everyone listening to the know. show, I'm sure. This goes back, I hope this goes back to the original problem of them just not having all 30 teams in the bubble. Like I, like I can't believe the players and the owners just cut it off at eight. Like eight teams just go home <laughs> and not do anything, and now we're like. Like, I, I, I don't understand what they thought was going to happen. Now we're in, we're in this scenario where nothing has changed. Like, this sucks because nothing has changed since March. And nothing's going to change until the foreseeable future. So, but the, the NBA is not going to start the season unless there's fans in the stands. And it's like, okay. They're hoping. Well, they're, they're hoping they won't start the season without, without fans. I think that they may have to anyway. But they're trying. They're going to hold off as long as they can. I don't know if they can. Do, I don't know if the NBA can afford to. Do, like I, I don't know. I, I, I just we don't know anything right now. <laughs> we don't, we know, don't know. And that's what I just want. I just want some stuff. I want some rumors to talk about something to really pick on, really sink our teeth in. Yeah, we I would kill nothing. for. A, I would kill for a trade rumor right now. Uh, and you know, I, I'm not the guy who makes up fake trades because I just don't think that's very useful. But I would. I would kill for an actual rumor of some sort like not a fake one that comes up on twitter that someone just decides to make a fake trade a room rumor actually means rumor and like that means something being reported or something being discussed something like that would be great for the content but i think people know that listen to this podcast i'm really trying my best but it's uh it's gonna hurt if there's no if the draft's not in october <laughs> it's gonna hurt yeah, we'll get through yeah. it though tyler you you and i you and i've been talking about the same draft class for a long, long time, and we'll do it for. We'll do it. We'll do it even longer now if we want to. Maybe, maybe we both have like some type of syndrome where we're just now falling in love with these same basketball players who we didn't like in March. I don't know what's going on. Like I like everybody now. I would even take. I would even be okay with the Hawks taking Obi Toppin. Like what? What is happening? Right? Uh, what is happening right now? Like I, I just want something. I even if it's something <laughs> controversial. Like yeah, man, you know that'll work. I don't know, man. I just we need something, Brad. Yeah, it'd be it'd be nice. Well, Tyler, thank you for joining me. As always, uh, we will do this again at least one more time before the draft. And that and that's assuming the draft's on time. If it's if it gets delayed, we'll, we'll do it even more. I'm sure. But uh, thank you for joining me. We'll talk about whatever's happening next time. I'm sure we will have more refined opinions. I will make you have a big board of sorts. The next time we talk about what you want to do with the Hawks, you can't just say, I don't care anymore. You have to have actual opinions when we come back. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, can I get a, can I get a measurement? Can we, all right, we, if we do this again, I'm going to have a board, but I'm going to at least know who, 
who has a wingspan. Somebody, like, some, somebody's wingspan, somebody, somebody's standing reach, something. I, I agree geez. with you. That's that's one that's one of my things that I would like to be armed with for my own personal knowledge about the Hawks and elsewhere is like a list of measurements would be cool. Like, and, and honestly, every year there are a couple guys at the very, very top that don't go, that don't go to the combine to get measured. And that's fine. We can live without like LaMelo Ball's wingspan. I'm cool with that. But I need to know like how long Isaac Okoro is. I need to know like what Devin Vassell weighs. I don't know. Just that kind of stuff. I mean, th- those things are important though. Like, yeah, I'm with you. To be serious, like those are really important stuff. We, you know, <laughs> a guy can play good in college, but not have proper measurements and just not be, you know, good enough to be able to to take him at six because he's either too small or too physically weak, et cetera, et cetera. So it'd be nice just to have some type of data uh, next time. But you know, until the, until then, you guys can follow me to hear. I don't even know what I'm. I haven't had an opinion recently. I uh, you can follow me at Jonesy Two X Four, where you know it's still a lot of anime and video games, but like I don't know, man. It, I'm going. I, I feel. I feel. I'm starting to slowly lose my sanity due to this quarantine stuff. Like it's <laughs> this stuff is hard, guys, and like you know, everybody stay safe out there because you know. Coronavirus has not gone away, people. No, uh, we gotta we gotta do our part here. We gotta we have to be smart. Wear a mask if you go out. All that good stuff. Like, you know, I know their sports are back, but you know, society is still we still fighting this virus, and it's gonna be a while until until help arrives. So go. So please do your part, people. There you go. I uh, I would agree. With you, hopefully we'll get through all of this because uh, as much as we want NBA draft content to talk about, um, I would love it more if we just could go outside and uh, do regular things again. So that's more important than this, even if we talk about this all the time and I enjoy talking about sports, but uh, real life is more important, alas. Well, Tyler, thank you as always. Please follow Tyler on the Twitter machine if you enjoy all of what he brings to the table, especially anime stuff that I don't understand. That I don't understand. Follow me if you'd like to um, about the Hawks or the Braves or... NBA basketball or football or whatever we want to listen to about me on the Twitter machine. And uh, please, please, please subscribe to this podcast. Please tell a friend about it as well. And we'll see you next time.